Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 216 of the Department of Offense. I'm your host, Casey. Dream as always is Carlo. Yeah, I'm here. And Rick. Yeah, I'm here. Woo! I just stole Carlos's acknowledgement of being here. Yeah, but you said it with too much excitement. I know. I, I you gotta, tried. You got to really get that apathy down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm what? here. Are you saying I don't emote enough in my speak, Carlos? You don't yes. emote I, I, ever. I, uh, that's ridiculous. I'm being very emotive right now, Carlos. We gotta, we gotta like crank up that uh, that emotion Carlos. setting in your programming. <laughs> 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 it's cranked all the way to ten. Oh wait, never mind. That's out of a hundred. So that's, that explains why Cyborg Carlos cannot. Emote. <laughs> well, what the hell, man? What the hell? Carlos, what do you... Be- oh, wait. I uh, can't do that yet. Got First, got to do the announcements. I want to give a shout out shout to it out. our patrons. Patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. You can also click on the become a patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Every little bit helps us keep the keep the lights on, so... Please, please, please do that. That would be great. Like, if we could be down on our knees begging you, we would be. Yeah, well, I mean, we might be. Yeah, we probably would be. Yeah. As long as, like, it wasn't too dirty or yeah. really too much work. Like, if it was, if I mean, if it was soft, like, in some grass on a nice sunny day, we would be. If we're not wearing nice pants. Yeah. If we were wearing, like, bad pants. What we're saying if it is, if it was convenient for us, we would be on our knees back Yeah, then. yeah, exactly. But would you expect anything else? No, you really wouldn't. I mean, if you <laughs> listened to this episode, or the show, for any of the 215 previous times, yeah, you kind of understand where we're coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, we're, n- we're not much for begging. Well, I mean, we are. I mean, we, yeah, we, uh, we're not above it by any means. No, 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 no. no. It's just it's just when really, it's, we're just when probably it's, below. When it works out for yeah, us. Yeah, we are actually. <laughs> we're just below begging. <laughs> we are. It, yeah, so far below it. Yeah. When it works out well for us. Yeah. Then we'll we'd do love it. to do it. Yeah. All right. So, Carlos, what have you been up to this week? Well, let's see. Uh, I am all the way caught up on South Park now. I've been <clears throat> binge watched that a little bit to get myself caught up for the new uh, South Park game. Nice for the. What is it called? The. Uh, the fractured butthole. Yeah, the f- fractured butthole. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a, like an episode of uh, South Park, uh, but you know, it's, it's really uh, it makes me feel like really like how did it take you guys this long to make this game? Because oh, yeah. uh, a lot of it, the uh, basically it's they use a lot of like the same like sets as before. There's not like a lot of ch- stuff that needs to be animated differently. Like, the combat system's different, but it's not exactly complex. I heard it was uh, a lot of the story was, like, the the writing was what took the longest. Yeah, but, like, it's not the people who do, like, if it was the people who actually made South Park doing all the writing, it probably would have taken Yeah, but it it had to get approved by them constantly. Plus, they were still working on the show and all that. Yeah. So I completely understand why it took so long. So... And it was built by a different studio this time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I don't think it was the same assets. Oh, well, then they do have to rebuild yeah. that stuff. Well, yeah. now you feel dumb, don't yeah. you? Yeah. 
Don't, don't you feel like a bad person now? <laughs> no, I felt nothing. <laughs> Carlos, we gotta bring that empathy thing up too. <laughs> uh, let's see what else did I do. Oh, I pl- started playing uh, Shadows of War. Uh, that's a it's, it's fun, but like it's flawed. There's a lot of flaws with it, especially the fact that like I'm facing the grind of like oh I'm slowly leveling up and Flat all these orc game, chieftains that I convert to my side they end up betraying me and it's like well I chose you. Why don't you be a, a better chieftain. leader? That's quite rude of them, isn't it? It is very rude of them. You <laughs> how thought does, how you, does that make you feel? It makes me feel like obviously <laughs> I don't use strong enough mind control magic on the orcs. <laughs> this is I'm kind of Doctor Phil in it today. Pretty yeah, hard. you are. It's, you did earlier too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's okay. See. Well, how well do you what, feel? what we're really gonna do now is we're gonna dive right into that right after this commercial break, <laughs> and we're gonna bring out Oprah. <laughs> I want to know just how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. Did I mean to interrupt? No, you yeah. Like so. Basically, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I've just finished uh, my. Uh, it's mid-semester, and I have a bunch of classes that ended at mid-semester. And all right. So I just was, it was final projects all week long, and that was a draining. And I have more classes that start up next week. Nice. So. Awesome. Just well, halfway busy. through the first semester. Yeah. All right. All right. Only what, like a bunch of these to go? Three more after that. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it. And my last two semesters are all uh, online. Although I'm probably going to take uh, English composition during the summer just because I don't want to have to go to class three days a week for one hour. Yeah. It's just a waste of, dri- of a drive. Why don't you take some classes th- online? No, like uh, that's, the, that's the thing is like if I took it <clears throat> over the summer, it's an online class. Well, how, far oh, nice. is, how far is the drive? It's No, that's, that's the thing is like I'll be driving. It, it'll be, it would be in spring, but it's also it'd be like the wintry part of spring. So I drive to the class. Be in there for 55 minutes to an hour, then leave three Again, days a week. That, that doesn't... How far is the it's, drive? No, no, it's just the fact that I'm going in there for... Uh, he doesn't what? want to talk about the drive. It's apparently very <laughs> It's not close. the drive. It's, the drive Carlos, you said it was the waste of a drive. Yeah, it's wasting my time, basically, going to three days a week. for Like, if, if I had another class directly after how that, all right. How far is the drive, you question-dodging bitch? <laughs> I don't know. It's like two miles, maybe. <laughs> you will drive like a half hour round trip to get a burrito. Yeah, he yeah. will. <laughs> no matter what but the you weather. Won't drive, no matter the weather. But you won't drive two minutes <laughs> to and from class Yeah, for an hour. No, if I have the opportunity to take it online, I would take it online. Well, they're not serving burritos there. They're, well, I thought about going with that, but I was like, I mean, if they did, I probably would show up. Well, if there are any college professors listening, you know how to get people to attend. Serve, Serve burritos. burritos. It's not a bad idea. Right? You, <laughs> you Maybe have they Carlos's should. attention, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> waste of a drive. Yeah. Take so much time out of your day. <laughs> I can't waste that two and a half minutes it takes each way. That's five minutes of my day. It's more like four minutes. Oh, that's eight minutes out of his day. Wow. That's a big... That, uh, yeah. I guess I didn't think about it that way. Right? Yeah. When you I mean, look at it as well, almost that's like, ten. That's like a YouTube video. But we're talking about like in that's February. almost a decade of minutes. The thing is, it's in February, so I'd have to clear the snow off my car. 
get it, yeah, get it warmed you up, don't have to drive do it down there. Other time. Well, yeah, but I don't have to do it for any reason if I don't take the class at during the what? spring semester. What? <laughs> it's I, I, you yeah. still will go get a burrito. <laughs> yeah, you still get burritos every day. I could do it a different you day. I could do it after my class. Done earlier in the morning. Well, but Carlos, and then you you're not go you're not going to class. I, That's not the anymore. entire thing. Now I don't have to. Carlos, take that why class. do you clear your car off? Why don't you just wake up like a half hour early and start it with the defrost on? Then well, all that shit melts off. Well, yeah, you have to do that half hour uh, early. Uh, you're also yeah, no, not now. Now you're now you're taking a half also, hour away from some other the, activity uh, like sleep. It's also actually against a the good law. activity to do when your half hour car warm up time is brew some coffee and then watch the news. That's also, in I, do. a, I don't know if it's in Wisconsin, but in most states it's actually illegal to leave your car running. If you're what? not there, what? it is absolutely not because not I do it on yeah. city property every fucking day. That is, yeah, that is no, no, not you don't get in trouble. Like, we act, we pretty, I'm pretty sure we had, yeah, no, we had a Carlos, report, we had a news I work item for the government and leave my car running on no, city there was property. A and no one said episode where we dick. it came up, like how like somebody got ticketed because it left Talk the car. Talk to Mayor running. Dan, it's full, you're full of shit. There's no way. I do it every day at work in is the summer. I do it to cool my car down, running unattended. Let's find out. No. Oh, in Michigan. Yeah, we're not in Michigan, Carlos. Uh, Michigan, Maryland, Virginia, D.C. Hang on. It's not illegal here. I do it every day. I'm just surprised Carlos remembered something that happened on the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I never know he was mentally here. I pay attention sometimes. (laughs) Not all the time. I mean, I'm not going to make that claim. That'd no, be a you lie. can't because we would call you out. No, I could make the claim. You could, and you then just we would call, call you yeah. out, and you would be like, "What the hell? Why? What? It's not illegal here." I know. No, I'm just trying to figure out why it's illegal in these other places. It doesn't matter. It's not illegal here. We can still berate, berate Carlos for being wrong. Berate. That's what I meant to say. Oh, because like apparently. It's illegal because it makes it easier for somebody to steal your car. That sounds like your own problem. Seems like the state needs to figure out what's going on there. It seems like the state should say, well, if you leave your car running and it gets stolen, that's not our problem. Yeah. They should. Like, instead of making a law, they should probably just do that. Well, and like, aren't you like, aren't you supposed to leave your car running for a certain amount of time if it's below a certain? Absolutely, you are. are. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought yeah, it was like always oh, oh, such a weird law that some a places diesel, have. But yeah, just, yeah. yeah, no, you should, and that's why I'm saying. But also, Carlos, it's not illegal here. You dumb bastard. Oh, <laughs> as we've just shown. <laughs> so just do that and stop. I'm sorry, I don't remember like every element of every news article that we've had on the show ever. What? <laughs> why not? I don't know. It's like I don't have total recall. All right, all right. Besides, so uh, so let's see. Stick you of truth or uh, not stick of truth? Fractured butthole. Well, yeah. Uh, I think we covered hole. everything. Like school. So. All right. Yeah. Any other new no. developments? All right. Rick, man, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the show, which was months ago? I have been not here for a while, but uh, most recently I just went and watched the Packers game. This, all right. Uh, this today, and they lost again. Offensive line. Totally at fault for that loss. Um, well, they don't have their uh, their quarterback. No, so so they should find him. I know you guys back. don't watch football, but I'm going to give you a little rundown of what's going on and football why with Rick. 
Wait, and if they don't what, have a quarterback, what, they can just run it up the whole time, right? Carlos, yeah. I want you to shut your hole. Do they get, just do have they get an extra running back, right? If they don't have a quarterback. No, Carlos, it's not how it works. Let me No, the, Carlos, because why don't you they let need me a tell running, you. they need a runner forward. Not a running back. Oh, they have They to need have, a running forward. <laughs> That's the problem. They don't have any running forwards. So I'm gonna give you a quick rundown. Even you guys will understand. So their quarterback is gone, right? Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Aaron Rodgers is really good at like they hike the ball and then he's like, I'm gonna throw this now. Like immediately after I get it. Like that's what he does. That's why he's a good quarterback. This new this guy Hunley is actually pretty good at throwing the ball, but he holds on to it for the amount of time that other quarterbacks in the league do. Like he holds on to it and says, Well, I'm gonna look and see if anyone's open before I throw it. And so he while he's doing that, the offensive line is like, What's this shit? You're not throwing it right now? Like he's not the god of football, so they're like really bad at their jobs. And it's just showing now because they have a quarterback. Never needed it. Right. They've never had that issue. It's never been a problem that they're not very good at what they do because their quarterback has always made up for it. They've been able to coast. So now they're in a situation where the offensive line is like, damn it. We actually have to like do our jobs. And they're not good at that at all. They're, damn, they're damn not doing you, it well. A. A. Ron. So, I mean, that's that's my perspective. I'm not a Packers fan. I'm an Eagles fan. But like from watching, like I like the Packers. I enjoy them. They're a good team. Um, so watching them, like totally just destroyed. And fun fact: while I was at the bar watching them, because blacked out except for on an NFL Network this this week. Um, I was sitting next to this couple that had no goddamn idea what they were talking about, and it was awesome to listen to them the whole time, like, blaming the defense for all this stuff, and I was like, well, that's not actually what's going well, on. Well, I mean, but blaming <laughs> the defense is great. It's good. It's good if you don't know what you're doing, which is what they were doing. But they were just like, and they would, like, wait until the announcers said something and then totally get on board with it 100%, even if it wasn't right. <laughs> they would just wait. Like, they'd be like, oh, come on. And then the announcer would be like, oh, come on, Hunley, you got to get that one. And they'd be like, yeah, Hunley. And they'd just like, we're going to blame that guy because he said his name. How's that? Uh, it's my favorite. I love when people do that because that it's great. Pitchfork for the for the game last week, mm-hmm. um, the one that you were oh, at. Yeah. And they, uh, they were explaining football to me in Lord of the Rings terms. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently the Vikings are the orcs, and the Packers had to get to the Ring to Mordor. <laughs> did they? This is the way to teach Casey how to root for football. But did, yep. did the did they get the Ring to Mordor? I don't remember. They did not because they lost the game hard. Oh, okay. Because their Frodo got taken out. Yeah. Like somebody Boromir'd the fuck out of that. Oh, one. Did, are, wait. So, so how did uh, Aaron Rodgers get taken out? Did the offensive line fail, and then he got taken out? Yeah. No. It, well, well it basically, really he, tra- he tried thing. to take the ring for himself. Yeah, he did. And then a bunch of Urukai shot arrows at him. Oh, that's no. basically what happened. And then Sam had to come in and try to take the ring to Mordor by himself. But we Sam know Sam's, Sam's bad at that. Yep. Yeah. So that's what happened. Actually, Pretty much what happened. No, actually, I take that back. <laughs> Sam's actually good at that. Surprising but. how well that works. <laughs> well, I take that back, though. Sam was actually good at what he did. Like he, uh, Yeah, but uh, he was just Carlos. a little slower than Frodo. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what the issue is. Because <laughs> now the rest of the fellowship has to step the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 
Watch the game. Uh, I've been getting ready, uh, getting my camping gear ready. Oh, that's right. We're going camping we're going this weekend. weekend. Yeah. Um, so I've been going through that, making sure I have all my winter stuff now switched over. Because I've had my summer gear put together. Mm-hmm. So I got to go through that whole switch over. Um, that's about it. I mean, working and that kind of stuff, yeah. but, you know. Uh, I don't know. I went to Niagara Falls probably since the last time I was on DOO. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we drank, we drank that beer that you brought back. Yeah, did you? On here? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, I was going to make it for that show, but then I didn't, so that's that. And then you hung up on me for that. You what? did. Yeah, you yeah, hung yeah, up that, on him. Yeah, that was the time when uh, I called you to double check if you were going to make it on the show, and then you hung up on me. Yeah, uh, so when you guys call me at my house, I can't hear a damn word you're saying. Like, as a single thing. I learned. You didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either until you started doing it. And I was like, okay, then I guess I'm done. Like, I just hang up because I don't know what the. F- I, 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 the service is terrible. It's way out on 29, like towards Spring Valley. Like, it, it's shit. Just garbage. But, yes, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I did hang up on you because I, I couldn't hear a single thing you were saying. But, uh, yeah, no, I went up there. Uh,. Yeah, you guys tried that beer. How was that? That was a uh, peanut butter. Uh, I'm trying to remember. We had that was the day we had the full studio. Um, it did not get the best reviews. That's yeah. I don't know. I just picked it up. It was like, it, it was okay. That's good. Yeah. But I mean, it was also six bucks. So <laughs> that's a pretty good price for a bomber from any brewery. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. So I did that. I don't know. I haven't been up to too much else. Just kind of living my life, doing living, my thing. You know, living man? it up, man. Uh, let's see. I uh, uh, let's see. Today I, I cleaned the kegerator with your guys' help by choice, that, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it, was, it was definitely a planned yeah, thing. We just wanted to do that. Uh, 100% did not <laughs> drain five gallons of beer into it on accident. That I never got to try, and so now I'm really sad. It definitely wasn't five gallons of saison that we brewed. It's definitely not why I've been drinking heavily today. <laughs> uh, to deal with that loss. Um, yeah, uh, so I did that. That was fun. I recorded some homebrew bound. Uh, last week, uh, you guys are gonna, well, you guys are gonna hear the interview at the end of this episode, or during this episode, but, uh, Carlos and I went and hung out with, uh, Bartley Bloom. Always a fun interview. From, uh, from Bent Brew Stillery. Yes. And that was, that was a blast, so. I was gonna try to make around. it, but Yeah, I didn't. stick around for that one, because that was a lot of fun. Uh, then, let's see, what else? I'm trying to think, I've just kind of been brewing. Did the pitchfork thing yesterday? Yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah, we fast. did the uh, we did the and ate some sushi, yeah, which the, was delicious for uh, Pete's birthday. And yeah. uh, that was a lot of fun. What else did we? Oh, yeah, we also did, what was I the act beef discussed? teriyaki? It was uh, oh, yeah, we uh, we we, <laughs> we made walking on sunshine. Oh, yeah, walking uh, on sunshine, walking on sunshine. So if you guys go on Facebook and search walking on fun sunshine, it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix, it's all yeah. I'll walk in Phoenix all day. <laughs> I don't remember why that happened. But I don't either. <laughs> I, I started talking about Joaquin Phoenix and everyone joined in and I was just like, all right, I'm making <laughs> this a Facebook is the thing page we're now. doing now. This is, this is what's happening. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, if you guys are listening, you want to know updates on Joaquin Phoenix. and We talked a lot about, like, uh, talk about Joaquin the, Phoenix, all the Joaquin many, many, many roles that you don't even know that he's in. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, uh, he was in, yeah, he phenomenal. was in a lot of stuff. He was in, he's been in pretty Robocop. much everything. Um, he was a treant in Lord of the Rings that we talked about that. Yeah, he was in Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yeah. He was definitely in, like, uh, 
I don't know. It's just a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. just just everything. But uh, yeah, he was the star of the show in Signs. That's where you'll remember him from. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> One of the and greatest he's be movies our next on president. the planet. Uh, he should be, yeah, because in Signs he didn't have any healthcare issues. So Joaquin <laughs> for Prez. Yeah. And that's um, how you tell. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been healthcare has been the big issue lately. Joaquin Phoenix has no problems with healthcare. Yeah. So Joaquin for Prez, logical. What you got here? Here, have some. It didn't even come up once when talking about Joaquin Phoenix. And never movie. did. No. No. <laughs> never did. Yeah, you gotta pour it from the uh, from the hole. I didn't try to do it the wrong way. I just <laughs> looked at it and switched it around. Leave me alone, you dumb bastard. I don't wanna. I'm trying. <laughs> Carlos. Always criticizing me for what makes good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna play Keep Away today? <laughs> it seemed like fun. For those of you who, uh, well, actually, nobody can see that. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was just holding the beer can just out of Carlos's reach. And as he, he was, reached closer, he, he pulled it further away. <laughs> well, while he was draining his mug. Well, like, the thing was, like, I didn't see, couldn't tell at first that he was doing it because I had, like, I had no death perception because I had my mug blocking one of my eyes. So, like, at first, like, it was just like, oh, why am I not able to reach this? <laughs> I can't get it. It went on way longer than it should Curiouser have. Curiouser and curiouser. I put, I put my, like, that, uh, well, at first, after, after like, even, even before I got my death perception back, I was like, wait a second, I should have grabbed it now. Collect your thoughts and then speak. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Just stuttered through that sentence. Yeah. That's um, how I do things. What uh is that a is that a mug from Renfest? Yeah. Yeah. I well, saw those. I thought about getting one, but I, I ended up getting a drinking horn instead. I paid eighty five dollars for it, so I'm gonna fucking use it. Yeah, you should, because that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. I should start making those <clears throat> for a lot cheaper. Ah, it's a good mug. Yeah. I'm gonna start uh, making some. It's microwavable, ovenable. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I mean that's definitely not a metal handle. Yeah, there. it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's tight. I was gonna say that looks like a metal handle. But yeah, okay. they even sized it for me, and then they had issues finding a yeah. handle that worked, so they had to go back and well, find it's one. It's because of your massive, gargantuan hands, Carlos. So we were at uh, um, Pitchfork yesterday, and we were talking with uh, the assistant brewer Jeff. And Jeff is another tall person like Carlos. Jeff. They're, they're and giant. he has a large beard. A very large red beard. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so they're both giants, and they're, like, talking about, you know, <laughs> how they have to, like, bend down going through doorways and other tall people problems. Well, it turns out that, like, <laughs> like this morning a, when Carlos smacked yeah. his head well, on the dock so, work in here. so I said, well, you know, I laugh every time Carlos hits his head in the basement. <laughs> And then the following morning, he did the same thing, and it made me chuckle. It made it made me laugh because of his reaction to it. Like he just <laughs> smacked his head into the ductwork, and then just like had this look like fucking again. Like <laughs> he wasn't even surprised. He was just like, God damn it. <laughs> And he was making fun of us yesterday for being short. Yep. And that's what you get. That's karma right well, on like the top the, of your The thing was, head. like, we had been talking about, like, we don't notice that people are uh, tall unless they're taller than us. Yeah. And that's the... That's and the, then you were like, I didn't realize how short oh, all you guys oh, are. Oh, yeah, like, that's later on. Like, I, yeah. I just had to say Carlos was, was drunk. And yeah. he's like... Look at all the hobbits! Yeah, <laughs> basically. Pretty much and then happened. this morning he comes downstairs and smacks his head on the ductwork, so it was very satisfying to watch. <laughs> all right. So uh, we have in front of us, everybody loves a rodent, 
which is a session pale ale from Ollifront Brewing in Somerset, Wisconsin. Ollifront. Uh, it's a session pale ale with Citra and Xythos hops. Xythos? Yeah, so I didn't know. Xythos is a Not strongly familiar. aromatic blend of hops with tangerine, lemon, grapefruit, and pine notes. Huh. So. Never even heard of her. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's one of those, like, trademarked hops. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like kind of, where's it from? Stuff. What kind of beer is this? It's a session pale ale. Where's the hop from? Where's Zythos from? Uh, over West Coast, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't say. I just know that it's a. Is it X? Hop. No, Z Y T H O S. Z Y T H O S. I just have it up Hops. on Northern Brewer. It's out of stock. Ooh. All right, Carlos. We tell me about this beer. Oh, it's a pillow, and it's uh, definitely a got a good taste to it. Um, yeah, and it's super not, sessionable. It's like four, four percent, four and a half percent. I'm, like I'm not getting too much of the the smell that you like mentioned that that uh, Zathra hops was supposed to have. Zythos. Yeah, Zathra hops was supposed to have. Zythos. Uh, You're doing it wrong. Got some of those Jumanji hops in there, you know? Well, no, this beer does not have any Jumanji hops in it. Come on, Casey. Get what? on the right beer. Uh, I'm sorry. Pay I'm attention. Damn it. Yeah, but uh, it goes down really well. And like it's, I was looking at it like only what four percent was it? Yeah. I could definitely drink this all day. Yep. Yeah, and this was uh, bottled on the on the first of October. So or canned on the first of October. Oh yeah, so like that. It's still got. Yep. Still got a good taste for the uh, Rick. It's uh, Zythos is a hop union hop. Okay. Um. But doesn't uh, um, we're talking about the beer now? I'm just saying. I was I was looking it up. Oh, okay. Um, so it's from Hop Union. It's uh, their latest okay. hop release. Anyway, um, okay. So if we're talking aroma, citrus. There's that citrus. There's that lemony citrus. Taking a swig. Ah. It's very light. Yeah. It's got a really light body, but good yeah. hop flavor in there. Very light body. Yeah. Like not but almost thin. Yeah. Um it's it's a very light body. Yeah, it's, so this beer's all about the hops, clearly. Yeah. Aroma tangerine. Yeah. Pineapple. Hmm. Yeah, pineapple. That's what I was getting in there. A little bit of lemon. Yeah. Well I'm getting quite a bit of lemon. But that might just be me versus you. Yeah, I'm not getting a whole lot of lemon personally. Uh, then yeah, it's super thin. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost, almost a little too thin. Like they need to. It's break, very bring light. up the body uh, just yeah. a little bit. And I, I think I agree. I think it's it's too light, but not yeah. not by a lot. Yeah, no, I, like I it's still kinda, definitely I, drinkable. I kind of like the thinness to it though. I would I would like just a little bit something more there. <laughs> I would like a little get, more body. Like, you know, get your teeth into. Yeah. It's, but that may be because but, I was drinking. But again, it's it's morning, so. well, yeah, it's, it's a, just over that border. But like for since it's a session, like you know, being like that thin, kind of I don't no, know. not I mean, really. I, I, like session it, just means it doesn't have a lot of alcohol. But yeah, put, put a little bit of oats in this. Yeah, to just give it a little bit more. You're not going to add a lot more alcohol, um, and you're you're going to get a little bit more body. Yeah, it's very thin and very dry. But. Uh, we're getting too homebrew bounty. That's true, but the uh, the the hops are great. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, the, it's a the good flavor, flavor, like big, like orange, 
yeah, Citrin, yeah. like just and it's just characters. it's just over that threshold yeah. of too thin for me. Personally. Little little bit of lingering bitterness, but in a good way. Yeah, like yeah, it, and if, it doesn't finish like if you were pairing this with the right food, that bitterness would be very. I would want this. Like it would be an with, asset uh, to it with like shrimp with Cajun seasoning. Yeah, I don't know if I can relate to that. That would but, be delicious. Um, if you were pairing it with the right food, it would be an asset, like the bitterness. Or maybe some popcorn. <laughs> I just want <laughs> shrimp. I kind of want some popcorn shrimp now. <laughs> I want a machine that I don't, dispenses I don't uh, eat seafood, shrimp. But I support was, your guys' yeah. decision. Which, by the way, the Good Place it. was fantastic this week. So. Yeah, if you guys aren't watching the Good Place right now, you need to watch it because that show is a sleeper hit. I've yeah. never started. You got started season one, but it's fantastic. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, basically, it stars uh, Kristen Bell, so that's a huge plus already. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then she's dead, and in heaven, she's still hot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's cool. 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 Still hot, but uh, but she's not supposed to be in heaven because she's a terrible human being and so she's trying to fool what everybody is the show it. it's called the good place oh the good place okay. yeah it's when you first started talking about it i thought you were talking about the good wife and i no, was like oh. well that's all no, right. no. The, the good place it's the, the show's phenomenal I i've never heard of this it. it's, it's, it's all on netflix i shall it's on, it's on, wait, oh it's on netflix now yep, the entire cool. first season's on netflix i shall watch you should it's fantastic yeah. and it's also on hulu Don't it tell is, me it is one of the funniest shows i've ever seen you're a funny show I've ever seen. And, like, it got super, super existential at the end. Oh, it did. At the end of the first season, it was really cool. And the yeah. second season's been great so far. Yeah. All right, anyway, back to the beer. Yeah. Back to the beer. So, Carlos, give me a number. Eight. I'm going to give it an Ooh, eight. an eight. Ooh, yes. That's a pretty good number. Ooh, that's a good number. I'm going to give it a six. I'd like to see some more body in it. Yeah. So and that's it for me. I'm torn. Because I love, love, love the hop character. In this I do beer. too. I think that's that's on point. A little bit more body would be nice, but it doesn't really detract from the experience for me. Because I like to see more, and I also want to support more session beers out there. Because I like to have seven, nine, thirteen pints. Yeah. Um, and then blackout, not four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a. Seven and a quarter. So seven point two five. Alright. Okay. I think that's fair. I think it's just for me, like I love I like the low alcohol. Mm-hmm. I like the session ability. I I want more body. Like uh, as I'm drinking it, the more I drink it, the more I realize like it's just so it's, light. It's it's more of a hop tea than a beer. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting it fresh though. Yeah, yeah. I should have bought another can. I have a bunch more at Divine. So. Yeah. It's just, it's, the body's just too light for me, yeah. personally. Also, it comes in a crowler. I love crowlers. I do, too. It's my favorite way of getting beer from it's places the now. Like, you they, can take we, them camping. And you're not left with just a bunch of growlers yeah. around. Because I never remember to take growlers back. No. <laughs> oh, I have so much. Class. I just now got the, I got the Did joke. Did you really finally get the joke? I got the joke for the name, yeah. What's the joke? Everybody loves Rodan. Really? Yeah. You didn't get that immediately as soon that. as it was said? Did not. <sighs> That's what you get for being a robot. 
Never watched 90s sitcoms, cannot understand. I watched that show before. <laughs> it's got that old guy who played Frankenstein's monster in Young Frankenstein. No, it does not. That's the old, yeah, that's that old, the no. old, the grandfather. It he does played, not have Joaquin Phoenix. No, it doesn't. <laughs> You're wrong. Actually, uh, Joaquin Phoenix does play Raymond. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. I forgot about that part. But he's not the old guy. No, no, Joaquin Phoenix did not play the old guy yes, in Everybody Loves Raymond. No, he doesn't. No, he, he plays, plays Raymond in Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. He plays Ray Romano. Yeah. Ray Romano doesn't exist. That's Joaquin Phoenix. In a mask. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very good mask. You can tell it's not a very good mask. Oh, speaking of Ray Romano. Well, maybe that's why he looks watched, so dumb uh, all the time. I watched The 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 uh, the Big Sick the other day. That was actually a really good movie. I enjoyed was it? it. Yeah. Who'd that happen next? Uh, that was uh, Kumail Nanjani, um, and uh, he like him and his wife wrote it, and it was based off of like how they actually met and all that stuff. So it was really based on it was so it was like a real life event that happened and nice. Yeah, it was really interesting. And it had uh, Ray Romano in it. Yeah. So did it he had play Joaquin himself? Phoenix yep. in it. What playing Ray did, Romano? Well, playing did it have Joaquin Phoenix playing Ray Romano playing himself? No, uh, no, have Joaquin Phoenix playing Ray Romano playing a character? Playing, yeah, playing uh, Emily's dad. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But uh, Kumail uh, played himself. Oh, that's right. right. Ray Romano looks a lot differenter nowadays. Yeah, differenter. He looks <laughs> differenter <laughs> he than looks he has in the pastorer. <laughs> well, because uh, they're doing a. What's the? <laughs> Stop. Just stop, Carlos. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> way, way back in the pastor when he was differenter. That's what I'm going to do with this. That's a good choice. And now the Department of Offense presents news with Casey. That's me. I'm differenter. <laughs> Police in North Dakota have arrested a man for possession of drugs after first spotting him attempting to oh, light a no. cigarette with the nozzle of a gas pump. That's not the best way to do that, but it is effective. I'm <laughs> no, sure. it's not. If, if you have a lighter, well, yeah, it no, will no. work. But he did not have the lighter. It will light it. No, but he had a cigarette that was unlit and a gas pump. Well, that's not the best way to do that. <laughs> there are better ways. I will. I, I'm, I'll, I'll cede that point. Uh, 29-year-old Skyler Whitebull of Cannonball was uh, spotted by Bismarck police uh, driving by the gas station. Authorities say Whitebull refused to put the nozzle back and took a fighting stance when an officer tried to stop him. They tried to offer him uh, a lighter? Probably not. (laughs) When he's spraying gas gas everywhere. Court documents say the officers uh, forced Whitehall to the ground. He allegedly continued to resist and flailed his legs even while handcuffed. Uh, police wow. searched White Bolt and found several small zippered bags with methamphetamine residue. There you go. Yep. That makes sense. He's charged with misdemeanor meth possession and preventing <laughs> arrest or resisting arrest. And now we get to the root of the issue. You know, if he had actually lit himself on fire then, they wouldn't have been able to catch him. Because he'd be on fire. Cops can't arrest you if you're on fire. It's a law. Yeah, you only get away with that. Leaving your car running? That's a different rule. (laughs) Carlos, you only get away with that for about 35 seconds. Yeah. And then then the fire goes out. Yeah, and then you're dead. Yeah. Not if you're a tiefling. Yeah. 
You could be a tiefling. Yeah, because then you're resistant to fire, yeah. dummy. Oh, okay. I thought we were in reality <laughs> land. I didn't realize we were in fucking imaginary playland, but okay. You don't know me. <laughs> no, we're just saying that because I lit myself on fire in a I thought when we today. talked about the news, we were in the fucking real world, but okay. <laughs> no, Carlos. Uh, Fuck me. Carlos. Uh, I was covered in baby on, spiders. He was, yeah, he was covered in baby spiders in today's D&D game. And he covered himself in oil with himself on fire. Oh, well, this is an inside joke that you guys took to the outside. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We were going to explain it. <laughs> we were going to explain it, but it was funnier you freaking out. <laughs> you guys are bastards. <laughs> Although he was one of the youngest performers ever to win a lead actor Academy Award in recent Joaquin years. Phoenix. Nicholas Cage's oh. reputation has been more zany B-movie star than serious thespian. Add in his widely known financial wo- woes and resume of Japanese pachinko commercial appearances, and the idea of Cage becoming the face of a Japanese snack food sub-brand wasn't too far-fetched. So when, uh... Okay, didn't he buy castles, though? Yeah. Yeah. Like, six of them? Yeah. <laughs> and dinosaur bones? He's, and he's not comic good. books. He is awesome. No, yeah. no, no he's how Cage. we would spend our Nicolas money. Nicholas Cage is us if we got famous. No, he lost. <laughs> he lost money for. I think it was was a dinosaur bones or was it an art thing that he like he bought and then like they were like, oh no, we have to seize no, but, this. Yeah, that, that was a that was a Tyrannosaurus skull. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sounds like us. Nicholas Cage is us if we got famous. <laughs> we'll make fun of him, but if we ever got famous, that's exactly how we would spend all our money. I, to be fair, I would only buy one castle. I don't need six. Yeah, you don't need six. No, you'd buy one, and then you'd be like, ah, oh, but there's a nice castle over there. No, but see, like, you have you one castle. You would buy more than one castle, so I know you would. Right. Like, once you buy one, you can't stop. You can't no, stop you, buying you castles. Six. You just need four, one for every season of the year. Carlos, no. He's you not You don't wrong, know how actually. it is. You don't know how castle addiction is. Yeah, and what about those, like, little sub-seasons? It starts sub with seasons? one. Right. What sub-seasons? Like, what if it's, like, it's it's a late winter, winter, so it's, like, getting long, but it's getting hot in the one place, so you need, like, that, that, that fifth well, castle. Well, then you gotta look at the fact that you got, like, castles down in North Africa, like, near the equator. No, all and these castles like, were in Europe. I'm saying where our castles would be. Now, then we have to build them. No, there's plenty of castles in North Africa. Is there? Yeah. The Roman Empire was in fucking North Africa, dude. There's castles there. I know there is. There's one in Alexandria, or where I'm, Alexandria I'm, I'm was. Googling. Yeah, there's castles. Oh, shit, there is. There's a oh, fucking yeah? lot of castles. He actually knows something. I'm, uh, are they pretty cool this castles? This is what I went to school for, guy. You went to school for castles? Wow, well, I, I did not know that was a major. Went yeah. to school studying Mediterranean religion. I know where castles are. So you actually got something useful out of that. Barely, yes. Castle. Because so are, those are the last known castles. I bet they're cheap. I bet they are. Yeah, cheap. exactly. That's why we would buy them. That's probably you know if he had any of those, like that's that would explain no, why man, we would have six of them. I don't know if I want like a a castle in, in like a hot weather climate. No, you'd have to buy like one like good like A list castle, but you'd probably buy a couple of like B and C list castles too but that you can rent out to your friends. Yeah, like you you no definitely stay there for free. No, no, I want you'd my. You definitely uh, do that, though. I would. I know you would, and I know Carlos would. So I'm not my, even going to uh, debate this with you guys. That's drafty. What we, it's what we would yeah, do. Yeah, no, I definitely want my castle cold and drafty. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's not the your A list cast. I might get rid of the drafty part. You just put in some rugs or whatever, and you're fine. 
No, that is not how rugs work. Rugs do not get rid of giraffes. <laughs> but they keep your feet warm. <laughs> you put a bunch of rugs on the floor, no, and then there's no drafts through the walls. No. You know how the like there's wind coming through the cracks in the walls. Put some rugs on the floors, and it fixes it. <laughs> Carlos doesn't understand physics. And Carlos can't defend himself because he just shoved a bunch of beef jerky in his mouth. <laughs> I did, yeah. Because <laughs> he's never done a podcast before. <laughs> but uh, he just made that controversial statement and then was like, "Ow!" <laughs> well, he, not he, gonna have to talk for a while because no one's gonna question that. <laughs> he, th- he thought he like dropped the mic, <laughs> and we're like, "No." <laughs> Anyway, back to Nicolas Cage. So in photos of the Nicholas stick, a puffed corn umebo sticks in special packages bearing... <laughs> what? U-M-A-I-B-O. I don't have Matt here. Okay. So we're going to call them umebo sticks. You just tripped over that but kept going like a valiant effort. Yeah. Like it was great. Yep. Uh, in special packages bearing you. Cage's likeness appeared earlier this month. Plenty of people laughed, but few of them were generally shocked. But it turns out the development of the Nicholas Stick, a marketing move for the delayed Japanese release of Cage's comedy, Army of One, or Bin Laden is My Prey, as it's called in Japan, is something (laughs) that was planned and pulled off without Cage's knowledge. Uh, Film Nation Entertainment, the U.S.-based company in charge of international licensing for Army of One, has issued an apology for its edible endorsement. Uh, and run saying Mr. Cage had no prior knowledge that the product was being created nor did he grant permission to use his likeness in this way all parties responsible for the creation and announcement of this promotional product sincerely apologize for the use of Mr. Cage's image in this manner and any harm that may have been caused so wait, was his it, reputation was it the movie marketing people that thought like <laughs> his that reputation we just spent 20 minutes talking about his castles <laughs> I don't think Nicolas Cage has to worry about his reputation but yeah no it was the, it was the movie promotional people who did this without telling Cage like this is like the first thing you gotta learn. Like you can't use the actors' likenesses if you don't have their permission. Yeah, but they're like, it's Japan. They were also like, it's Nicolas Cage. He's probably too busy with his castles. <laughs> He's not gonna notice. It's probably gonna be fine. I bet he didn't notice. I bet somebody else brought it to his attention. Yeah. No, he probably was not seeing. Looking at like a, he's he probably was not planning on importing a bunch of snack sticks from Japan. Like, See? wait a second, this one has my face on it. What's going on here? See? I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would have been better if his, if like the promotional treat was something like with honey in it and it was just called bees. (laughs) (laughs) Bees! All right, we've seen some questionably priced cars, but this trade takes the cake on Oddities Exchange. Fans of the TV show Rick and Morty have begun to trade in a new currency, Chezwan Sauce. In a bizarre trade, one woman happened to acquire more than she bargained for. A 2004 Volkswagen GTI. So what? basically, she straight up tra- traded a car for a packet of sauce she had. Somebody gave her a car. For Szechuan sauce. Yeah, for one packet of Szechuan sauce. That's fair. That is awesome, and I need to get some Szechuan sauce and trade it to some dumbasses. Good luck. Uh, in nine, so the the thing in which Tejuan sauce in 1998, McDonald's and Disney worked together on a promotion to celebrate the launch of the movie Mulan. Based on the Chinese legend of uh, Hua Mulan, the 
Uh, plot of the Disney movie revolved around a young woman who disguised herself as a man to fight the Huns. Uh, as part of the promo, McDonald's released a teriyaki-flavored dipping sauce that they called Szechuan Sauce, and it slowly fizzled in, into the night once the hype of the movie wore off. Fast forward to 2017, Dan Harmon and Justin Rowland's hit TV show Rick and Morty returns the unannounced first episode uh, returns with the unannounced first episode of its long-awaited season three premiere. At the end of the episode, Rick goes on a 30-second rant about how the entire show's plot is actually driven by his need for Szechuan sauce. Naturally, fans bought right into the hype, and so did McDonald's. So much so that they actually re-released the limited edition sauce at some locations uh, for just a single day. But many fans still couldn't get a packet for themselves, and, fearing, and the fear of missing out drove thousands to restaurants across the country. So what do you do when you find yourself holding one of corporate America's coveted items? You sell it on eBay. A single packet of the sauce is easily running upwards of $100. Some people have theirs listed way into the thousands of dollars. And a promotional half gallon of the sticky sauce uh, in a custom Pelican case is currently auctioning for more than $21,000. And somebody... Somebody uh, traded a packet of sauce for a $4,000 automobile. Do you know what's happening, though? In uh, 2019, the new Mulan movie is coming out. McDonald's is absolutely going to capitalize on that. And everyone's going to be able to get Szechuan sauce. It's, yeah, but it's not going to be the big th- So, Or maybe Burger King will get the rights and no, they'll have the Szechuan sauce. Well, yeah, because no. well, McDonald's is bringing Szechuan sauce back again next year. Yeah. Uh, like for a more long-term run. Yeah. Because there were, like, Rick and Morty fans, they're some of the worst these these fuckers were in McDonald's yelling at the employee or chanting at the employees, "We want sauce," over and over and over again. Okay. There were there were near riots in lines outside of McDonald's when somebody came out with a with a uh, a thing of sauce yeah. and smashed it on the ground. People were literally dipping their nuggets into ground sauce. That's okay. just insanity right there. Well, that's. But, but that's, that's how Rick and Morty also, fans I gotta in general. Props. I, like I gotta get props. No, no, no. It's, it's it's not Rick and Morty fans in general. It's the vocal minority of the fans that give. That's crazy the show people. Up. That's crazy people who do crazy things, no matter what thing they're attached to. Yeah, but the it just some of the Rick and Morty like it's bad. Although I well, gotta what, I gotta give props to the dude who I, just I smashed understand. the sauce oh, like yeah. everybody's winging lines. That's pretty he awesome. Smashed it on the sidewalk. But way to go. What I gotta say is like. Either way, like, they're coming out with it next year. I didn't know about that. But the new Mulan movie is coming out in 2019. Mm-hmm. There's a 100% chance the Szechuan sauce is coming back for that. Uh, if if they do a promotional tie-in with McDonald's. They're going to. Especially after this Rick and Morty thing. Yeah. They're, when, when, they're gonna. It's a money. It's a fucking cash cow. Of course they're going yeah. to. Well, it... But see, then it, then it gets weird because it's a licensing deal with Disney. So it depends if Disney will do the deal with McDonald's again. Of course they will. It's it's a cash cow for both of them. We will see. And there's nothing I'm curious really, to see how it'll go out. And there's nothing it'll, stopping yeah, McDonald's from just releasing such one stuff. Like they, like they did this time. Yeah. Which also was not related to Rick and Morty. Like Rick and Morty. Yeah, had no, no part it, of the it, was, it wasn't an official Rick and Morty promotion. They just capitalized on the internet buzz. Well, and they, like, there, was, sure there were stores did. that didn't get sauces that, that. that were supposed to get it. I'm sure there's a lot of times where, like, I'm sure some employ- some of the low paid employees were like, all right, I'm going to just pocket a bunch of this stuff and oh, sell on eBay. 100%. I would have stolen all the sauce. Yeah. I would have too. Yeah. 
And as we know, if you had a case of that of, of uh, sauce packets, you could open up your own car dealership by trading in sauce packets for cars. Yeah, you could have done that. Yeah. I don't think that's you, how that worked. Well, you probably could have. You could have Denny Hackard that shit. Yeah. Real good. You trade up to a bunch of cars. Then you go to prison for six years. But for what? Trading in cars for sauce? I don't know. For Denny Hackering. I don't know. I don't even know what he did. But mm, he did some sort thing. of money laundering thing. Yeah. Or <laughs> well, you're not laundering <laughs> something. You're not laundering money. He got real shady there. You at the don't end. know that. Well, I mean, yeah, you're dealing with stolen sauce packets. But you're sauce you laundering. But once you don't have the sauce packets anymore. What, who's going to say anything? Sauce laundering, Morty. So uh, we've gone 50 minutes. Uh, we, we, probably, we still have an interview. Yeah. Yeah, we probably didn't need to do that. We did not have to do that. No, we probably did not. So yeah. there's there's an hour-long interview uh, at the end of this. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> talking with Bartley Bloom was awesome. Uh, so go check that out. They're uh, coming. Just a few things. They're... They are coming to uh, Wisconsin, finally. Wisco. So uh, they're expanding their distribution for their beers, at least. Uh, their liquors may be coming uh, in the future. And uh, after the interview, we were able to try all of the liquors that we talked about. Um, what was your favorite? You know, actually, uh, what was the spicy one? It was uh, the, the, the sriracha rum. That really surprised me. Like, act, like having it straight, it was all right. But, like, just the thought of, like, what you could actually do with it. Yeah, that. putting it in a bloody or something. Oh, yeah. They make oh, a fantastic a bloody. bloody. Yep. Um, I liked I, I liked the spiced rum. The spiced rum was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, the, the coffee cream. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, that one. That one was really good, too. What was the one that tasted like Christmas? Uh, uh, it was it was another cream-based one. The one that, like, would be, like, good on cereal, like, yeah. we talk about in the interview. Yep. Yeah. You can pour that, you can pour that stuff on some, uh, uh, like, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. And it'd be perfect. All right. So, uh, that is that. And after the interview, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye. All right. Uh, we are here with uh, Bartley Bloom again. I think you're one of our few three-peat guests. So this yeah, is awesome. nice. Kind of been interviewing you like from the beginning. Yep. You actually were one of my first interviews. Yeah, that, I remember that we I ever were, uh, before you guys had this all built out. Oh, yeah. We were sitting like at a table, just kind of like looking at yeah. barrels and where in things the, were gonna be. Yep, in the old tap room before yep. it was what it is now. Before yeah. we actually renovated everything. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's it like it brings back friends. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We upgraded. We upgraded quite a bit, you know, and uh, and it made it a, quite a bit more comfortable space and uh, put in really nice, you know, seating and and everything like that and made it more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I've been here multiple times since then and. Every time, it's always like, okay. man, it's changed a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and things are just going great too. I mean, things are growing left and right. I mean, every single avenue of our uh, of our business is growing, and every aspect is just it's hitting on all cylinders, and everything's going better and better every every month. It's better and better. Last last time we were here, you had you weren't distilling yet. Right. So how's the distilling part going? That's going phenomenal. We've got eight products eight already yes we've got eight products out there now um one of them is already sold out 
um, on October, or no, I'm sorry, on August 19th, which was our anniversary party, our third year anniversary party, we released our first whiskey. Awesome. We had 200 bottles. It sold out in two and a half hours. <laughs> wow. It was is gone. Every bit of that whiskey is gone, except for what I have saved back for the next release. <laughs> except for the special stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we've got tons of whiskey aging, lots of bourbon, too, things like that. But in the meantime, we've got other little things that don't have to age as long that are out there on the market. Um, our next whiskey release is going to be December 2nd. Okay. And it is a uh, well, barrel strength single malt whiskey. It's going to be 120 proof. Jesus. Oh, wow. And it'll be, the, it'll be the first one on the market locally. Really? Yeah. That's the first awesome. local distillery to put out a, a barrel strength whiskey. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and it's good, too. I, I pulled it out, and I was like, well... Let me proof it down, see if it's ready. You know, I proofed it down to 80, and I was like, yeah, it's okay, but it was better at 120. I'm like, well, let's release it at 120 then. Let's release it at barrel strength. Let them do it. it. Yeah, but we're just going to release it at 120 and let people do what they want with it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. How was the, uh, so I think last time we talked, you had just distilled, uh, I think you dubbed it the IPA ski. Yes. How did that experiment turn out? That is the one that we released on August 19th that sold out in two and a half hours. (laughs) Holy cow. It was our double IPA ski. Yep. And I actually bottled it with a hop cone. Every single bottle (laughs) came with a hop cone in the bottom. And just like mezcal, if you get to the bottom and you eat the hop cone, cone. you're going to see things. (laughs) You're going to see things. And yes, it was just like that. Was it like, was it a lot, was it very hot forward or? It was on the finish, not forward, but on the finish. It was just tasted like, just like a great whiskey. But at the very finish of it, you got that nice mouth numbing bitterness, which was very, very unique. I'd never had a whiskey, anything like it, you know, and this was something that, again, this is what we do is what we want to do is things that no one else does and things that are very unique and bottling it with the hop cone in the bottom put that extra little bit of mouth numbing bitterness right in that shot of whiskey you know that's awesome it was it turned out really good (laughs) turned out really good i'd love to give you guys a sample but it's gone yeah yeah no i i understand i just wanted to hear how it turned out it turned out great loved it yeah you know, I've been following you guys' stuff, and I saw the release, and I was like, I'm going that weekend now. <laughs> well, and then, like, I hear that it went out in two and a half hours. I wouldn't have been You, If you didn't get here by 2.30, yep. yeah, you've been out of luck. Yeah. We did have cocktails going, and we were serving cocktails. Okay. And we had a little bit of whiskey still behind the bar, the, of the cocktails that we were serving, but that was gone by 4.30. <laughs> It was so, like a really successful event then. Very successful event, yes. Uh, so besides the whiskey, uh, what else are you guys just doing? Well, we've got a pachin, which is an Irish style of moonshine made with potato peels. We teamed okay. up with the Anchor Fish and Chips in northeast Minneapolis to okay. take their potato peels that they would normally throw away and make, uh, make a, a nice spirit out of it. Uh, we've got the Gunner Ghost Gin, which is a very botanical heavy gin. 14 botanicals I put in there. And um, it's it's very intense, very floral in the aroma with lavender, rose hips, things like that. Very herbal at the front of the tongue with uh, grains of paradise, ginger, orris root, stuff like that, and very citrusy in the finish. 
with, with things like um, lemongrass, grapefruit peel. So it's a very unique gin, and it, uh, it gives you almost a roller coaster ride on the palate, which it just which is awesome, which is fun. Gin is hands down one of my favorite things. Thank you very much. I, yeah, like, we're not we're not huge gin people. Yeah, and so, me neither. But yeah, and uh, <laughs> but I like mine. <laughs> it's, well, no, it's it's a gin for people who don't, yes. don't like, like gin. Exactly, and a gin for connoisseurs as well. Yeah, because it's like it hits both markets and, yeah. and both both palates, and this is why we wanted to do something like that. We also have a barrel-aged spiced rum. Um, I know you guys have heard of Dark Father, which is a bourbon barrel-aged beer. Well, once we harvest Dark Father out of those barrels, we filled it full of rum. We filled the barrels full of rum. So this is a bourbon beer barrel-aged spiced rum. <laughs> Say that three times fast. So, I, uh, you can't do it. That's <laughs> right back here. That's right back here. Actually, we should have samples of these things while we're talking about them. But we, should, you know, it's we it's back there. Um, but yeah, that's another product, and that's actually quickly becoming our biggest seller. The gin right now is our biggest seller, but this uh, Stormbringer, this barrel aged spiced rum, is quickly becoming our our biggest seller. Um, so. I know, I know what we were talking before, you guys were in the middle of kind of a, I guess, a battle might be the right word, where um, between like being able to serve cocktails in the tap room and beer. The battle is ongoing. It's ongoing? Okay. Yes, we still are not able to serve our cocktails here. Every okay. every distillery in the state, every micro distillery in the state of Minnesota is allowed to have a cocktail room license. We are not. We're because not able to have that license. Because, and everyone says, oh, don't you hate prohibition and all those laws, these old laws that were developed way back then. I'm like, well, no, this is a two-year-old law. Oh, really? In the language that allows micro distilleries to have a cocktail room license, the cocktail room license language in the laws in the Minnesota state statutes is only two years old. In that same statute is one provision at the very end that says no entity or location will simultaneously hold both, both a brewer's taproom license and a micro distiller's cocktail room license. And this is our partners in this industry, the coalition of distributors and retailers who have said, no, you can't do that. I'm like, what? Really? Little old me? You're afraid of little old me? That's kind of yeah, sad, wait, what's actually. The- well, What's the overall, the, the overall fear is that bigger companies, bigger than us, would do this same thing and become a super bar, you know, and that's really not the case. You know, and I'm more than happy to limit, you know, put limits around this, this industry that is able to do both with, you know, limits on production or limits in areas. I mean, I'm the only one that does both in the entire state of Minnesota. Yeah, you're the only distillery that we've heard of. Yet they're legislating specifically against me. It turned out that way. They're legislating against an entire industry for anything like this happening, a big company coming in and having a big tap room and a big cocktail room and taking business away from everybody else. And I understand the fears, you know, but I also don't think it's right to legislate specifically against a tiny company like myself. allow exemptions. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, think about this. I mean, for us to do both isn't going to hurt anybody. No. Our biggest customers 
are our bars and liquor stores closest to us. Mm -hmm. So what are we really doing except getting them more business yeah. by being here? We are here and we are getting more and more business to our local, our closest restaurants, bars, and liquor stores. They go through more of our product than anybody else. So they're legislating against something that isn't, doesn't exist. I call it foinking. It's fear of an imaginary negative consequence. <laughs> it's a foink. That's it's, a an, good word. it's an imaginary negative consequence, and it has the opposite effect. The more we sell here, the more our local neighbors sell too, because people don't come here all the time. Yeah. But they come here and they like it, so they buy it at other places so around here. Exactly. So it, it actually raises the velocity of our products all around here, and yeah. it makes everybody more business. Well, yeah, so the tap room is mostly market first. Like, it's marketing first yeah. is, is all a tap room is. And yeah, you like the nice thing about a tap room as well is you get the higher you get the higher percentage back. You get the higher sales, margins. It's a small amount, but yeah. it's a higher margin. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so, maybe 20% of our entire production goes through the tap room. Yep. The rest of it goes out there to the through the distribution channels and through the retailers yeah. and to the consumers yeah, so that the way. The more you can sell the tap room, the more it helps everybody around you. Exactly. This is something that they have yet to figure out, and we still have it's these a very battles. Slow process. And we still have these battles over and over again, you know, and f these fights with these people that are supposed to be our partners in this industry, you know, in order to serve the consumer. Yet they're the coalitions of of these partners yeah. are the ones who stand in our way. It's not the ones, it's not the actual retailers. No, I mean, all our friends around here, I mean, we're great friends with all the places that serve our stuff and all the places that sell our stuff at liquor stores. We're great friends with those guys and we love them to death. It's the coalition, it's their leadership that fails to see the future. Yeah. And tries to dig their heels in and say, <laughs> no, we're not changing. This is the way it's been forever. And I was like, well, ask the blue-footed booby what that did for them. Right. They went extinct. <laughs> so if you do not evolve in an evolving industry, you will go extinct. Yep. This is natural selection. Ask Darwin. <laughs> Darwin will tell you. This is what happens. If you don't evolve, you go away. You know, you need to evolve and you need to change and you need to, to roll with these changes in this quickly growing industry, you know, to, to, to be more open to these things that, that are happening that are helping the industry. Yeah, you know, again, it's the dinosaur type mentality that's yeah. holding them back. And well, again, it will be their eventual undoing. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like a lot of uh, David versus Goliath for a lot of it, too, because it's the small guy trying to evolve it, and the big guy's like, well, it's working the way it is working right now, so why do we need to change anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, that, that is what it is. But, yeah, again, I mean, over and over again, you see this. Home Depot came in. People resisted Home Depot. Big box stores, going to yeah. put all the little guys out of business. Well, it didn't. Yep. There's still a lot of little mom and pop 
stores out there, hardware stores out there, still doing just fine. When you guys just went through a similar thing with the Growler Law, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that was just uh, two years ago now, or was that three? For Sunday sales for Growlers? uh, Yeah, Sunday sales for Growlers. Yep, yep, yep. That was about two years ago as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we saw more people coming in here, getting Growlers and taking them home. And now Sunday sales is now a reality. I, like, Which didn't I necessarily help us. It took us. so long for Sunday sales to happen. Yeah. That, that in and of itself was insane. Mm-hmm. It was, and I'm not... I see both sides of the argument, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, both of them are realities. Um, the Sunday sales thing didn't help us any, because now that liquor stores are open, we, we, have... we sell less growlers, you know. But I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a more believer in freedom, freedom of choice. You know, if you want to be open on Sunday, be open on Sunday. If you don't want to be open on Sunday, don't be open on Sunday. I don't think the government should stand in the way and tell you when you can and cannot be open. You know, a whole nother can of worms is right. why can't I buy a car on Sunday? <laughs> Well, Are you freaking kidding me? Well, it used to be. Uh, I work, you know, I, of course, I'm atypical. I work yeah. eight days a week, you know, right. so in 16 hours each one of those eight days of that week. Yeah. So Sunday is just another day for me. But the, the typical consumer works nine to five, Monday through Friday. When do they have time to go out and look for a car? Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) Oh, but not on Sunday. You can't buy a car on Sunday. The joke always was, well, I want to go to Minnesota, buy a new car, and fill the trunk with beer. Yeah, yeah. as long as you don't do it on Sunday, yes. Yeah, no. So, you know, again, I mean, I was was not in favor of that growler law that allowed us to sell growlers on Sunday. And the simple reason was because it gave us an unfair advantage to the liquor stores. And I'm like, I think this is not a good law to pass well, and because not, we want equality with yeah. our liquor store partners and, you're, you're and not really in competition with the liquor stores we're you're not partners with we're them partners yes yes and now all of a sudden we can do something they can't do which is outside the norm of all the other laws which is we can only sell off-sale growlers and bottles to go only during normal liquor store operating hours Yet now, except for Sundays. Except for Sundays, yes. And I was like, who put this law in there? And why did they do that? I was like, I was not in favor of that. And I'm like, if it happens, fine. I'm not going to, you know, turn down revenue, you know. But to me, it widened the gulf, you know, between us and our partners. And I didn't think that was fair. And now that liquor stores are able to be open on Sundays, now it is back to even playing field and all that. And we can only sell growlers in off-sale and stuff during liquor store hours, which is like 11 to 6 or something like that. So Sundays we can't sell the whole time we're open or anything like that. But maybe that's the next thing that happens that changes. Right. Who knows? But it's, it's always evolving, and that's what I love about this industry. It's always changing, always evolving. It's always something new, and this is what makes it exciting. Well, speaking of something new, uh, the reason we're here is you're finally coming to our state. Yes, finally. Yeah. And actually, my home state. I was was born in Wisconsin. I was born in a little town called Tomahawk. Lived there till I was six years old until we, my dad took a transfer down to Georgia. So, yes, I'm going back home and we are starting to distribute beer in Wisconsin. And yes, we self-distribute our beer in Wisconsin. Oh, really? You're doing all self-distribution over there? Yep. 
Yep, we are able to have a license in Wisconsin as a small producer. We're able to have a, a self-distribution license in Wisconsin. So awesome. Yep, we're over there beating the bushes and trying to get more and more accounts. You know, are you guys self-distributing over here as well? We are for uh, a good portion of the state. Okay. We are self-distributing. So you have some going through a distributor and then local yep. accounts. We we do both. Yes, okay. we've got a distributor in Rochester. We've got a distributor in Mankato. We've got a distributor that's the western half of of minnesota as well as the eastern half of north dakota and then we've got one way up north in the north woods so this will put you in three states now yep this will, right. this will be our third state that we're entering and uh i'm really excited about getting back to wisconsin again we've got a lot of relatives over there you know and they all want to have our beer and, and a lot of friends being that Hudson and Somerset, that area is so close to Minneapolis, you know, I mean, not that it's a suburb of the Twin Cities, but it's so close to it's being so it. Close, yeah. There's so many people that I used to work with that lived in Wisconsin, taking advantage of the lower property taxes and stuff like that and and, and uh, lower property costs and, and everything and just commuted into to the Twin Cities to work and then go back home again. So there's a lot of that going on and we really want to have our friends have access to our beer over there too. So we're really hitting Hudson area really hard. Um, Osceola, actually our first beer on tap is in Osceola at the Woodfire uh, Wood Grill. Uh, yeah, Woodhill. 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 I took notes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Just you. to make sure. Yeah, Wood, Woodhill Barn Grill yep, up in Osceola. And uh, we're working really close with uh, Tower Avenue Tavern up in Superior, awesome. as well as hopefully we can get into Grizzlies and a couple other places okay. up there in Superior so as well. Yeah, just hopping the border right there. Exactly. We're going we're gonna to concentrate on the border towns that are really close. Yeah, you know, being and again, from border towns, we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and again, being, being that uh, I have a lot of relatives that live in Superior still, and they want to buy our beer yeah. when they go out to dinner. Yeah. And so we're really trying to hit those places that our, our friends and relatives visit and try and get some momentum there, you know. And, and again, crossing the border to me is one of the things I've wanted to do for a long time. Again, not only just to get back to my home state, but to, you know, be part of the, the beer revolution over there in Wisconsin as well. And you guys have some of the most unique beers we around. do, yes. Uh, we have fun uh, with that. Yeah, uh, your 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 uh, funked up series is yep. amazing. Thank you. Thank Absolutely you very much. love it. Um, I yeah, uh, I work uh, in Little Canada now, so just just a little bit ways down the road. And so my buddy and I will pop in every time I see like a new new sour release. Like, well, we got to try this one now. Yep, so yep. We'll pop up. And... Yeah, well, I mean, we're constantly rotating the sours, you know, and it's usually a one off sour mm -hmm. you know if you miss it you, you don't miss it. you miss it that's it you know i mean it's one of those things where we just do a batch of it whatever it is we try to be seasonal about it too if it's a nice seasonal fruit type sour something like that or you know whatever fits the season we'll do a dark sour dark sours in the winter time and lighter fruitier sours in the summertime and when they're gone, they're gone, and we'll move on to the next one. So are some of your sour bottles going to make it over, or is it going to be the, the main flagships, like the more, the blonde, and uh, the Dark Father? All of the above. 
All right. Absolutely. Yeah, we really want to get the sours over there too. Um, we've got. Uh, There's a lot of demand around around here for that, though. Huh? There is. There is. But I am purposefully setting stuff aside for going over okay. to Wisconsin for the, the liquor stores that want to carry it over there. Some of those bottles, things like the Tropricot awesome. and and stuff like that, was right. our latest sour, which is phenomenal. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep moving stuff over there as well. You know, I mean, we'll start out with the the the, the year rounds, and every special release will also go over there for anyone who's interested in buying it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I can't wait to see more on shelves. I mm. love that beer. That beer is so good. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. It's one of much. my favorites. It's a very flavorful session IPA. It's, it's just a good go-to, you know? It doesn't taste like a watered-down IPA. Yeah. It's a very flavorful, meant-to-be 4.7% and meant-to-be just quaffable. You mm-hmm. just drink the hell out of it and, and, it's <laughs> in, and you don't fall off your stool. Yeah, no, it's a good, like, all-dayer. Yeah, but. it is. Yeah, lawnmower beer. It's nice and bright and hoppy without being heavy mm-hmm. you know i mean it's 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 almost like the light beer equivalent of you an know, ipa, of an IPA yeah. which you know which is yeah. great to be a a good producer of something like that yeah. you know again it's not about the destination it's about the journey mm-hmm. you know it's the experience of drinking and flavor and, and enjoying it you know yes the destination can end up being kind of a little bit buzzed yeah but it's all about the journey there it's about trying these different things and drinking things that actually taste good you know and has flavor and stuff that you want to have you know more of not just one I don't yep. know about you, but I rarely have sat down and had one beer. No, I'm 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 an elbow bender. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I gotta get my daily curls in, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it keeps the biceps in. You know, you know it's the the right one is bigger than the left one, but that's okay. You know, it happens to be if you're right-handed or left-handed. Yeah. But yeah, no, those are the types of things we love to do. We love to make again the unique beers, and we want to be known as the one who makes great beers. You know, and not just doing what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. We want to do stuff that's unique and stuff that sets us apart. And that's really why we're in this business is to be unique and to be, again, our tagline is defiantly distinct. We don't care what you're doing. We're yeah. going to do what we want to do. I you like know? It. Yeah, and that's... we love that part of it. And again, if you can't have fun in the adult beverage industry, get why out of the industry. Yes, yes, why are you in it? This is beer and spirits. Even the wine industry, it's fun. You gotta have fun with it, or else why do it? Why put your whole livelihood, you know, on the line and to do something you don't enjoy? No, no, definitely. That's why I left the corporate world, and that's why I shed the shackles of corporate bondage to do what I wanted to do, to have fun, to finally enjoy, you know, life. I mean, you spend eight to 10 hours of your day at a job if you don't like it change it do something else i finally found what it is that fits me perfectly i want to make other people happy exactly (laughs) i want to make other people happy i want to give them an experience and 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 i love the fact that people love what we're putting down and they're picking it up and and it's just great it's it's a it's a great life to live yeah yeah, I'd suggest it for everyone, but don't open up another brewery. We're yeah, so no, no, we're no, so no. oversaturated. Yes. I hear South Dakota needs something. My... They do. There you go. Yeah. 
somewhere else. Um, so are you moving uh, spirits across the border too, or is that a whole different can of worms? It is a whole different can of worms. We cannot self-distribute our spirits okay. over there, and the distributors that I've spoken with are uninterested. Okay. Um, just like, just like distributors in beer, they're all over saturated as well um it wasn't too long ago maybe five years ago every distributor carried maybe nine brands now the average distributor carries 35 oh wow brands so they're well way overtaxed mm-hmm. and they just can't take another brand yeah you know so it's hard to get the attention you know from a distributor that wants to do it and and, and would do it justice yeah So I'm not sure what we're going to do with the spirits. You know, we are talking to a a couple of distributors in Wisconsin to get our spirits over there. Okay. Um, But knowing that we can't self-distribute ourselves, we'll we'll, we'll go with another distributor over there, Um, just like our distributor here in Minnesota, because we can't self-distribute our spirits in Minnesota either. So we've got a distributor over here, and they're doing very well. And uh, we hope to, to work with, with uh, another distributor over in Wisconsin to get our spirits there, too. Simply because our guys are there selling our beer. They can sell our spirits, too. You know, and at least get interest developed yeah. so that they can put the orders in with our like distributor. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and give them samples and say, hey, you know, try this. Do you like it? Great. Call this guy and he'll he'll put it on the truck and get it delivered to you. So self-distributing, you get, you're able to like cultivate those personal relationships with liquor store owners and bar owners and that is the people, key, right? Yep, that is the key. Okay. This is a relationship industry. People will put your product on the shelves if they like you. Yep. <laughs> yes. So I mean, we try to be that that person that that people like. You know, and our sales guys are great at that, you know, and developing that relationship. And it's not, our end goal isn't selling it to the liquor store. Our end selling goal. to the consumer. Our end goal is to get our product in the toilet. As funny as that sounds. <laughs> I like it. As funny as that sounds, that is true. My goal, all of our, our company goal is to get our product in the toilet. That means you consumed it, processed it, and and uh, disposed of it in the proper way. That might be the best company goal I've ever heard. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? I love it, though. You know, and, and that really is it because it, when, when someone consumes it, processes it, and gets rid of it, and goes back and gets another one, that is our goal. It's not just selling it to a liquor store, not just selling it to a bar. That's only half of it. Yeah. It has to actually go to the consumer. And then the consumer has to process it and get it into the toilet. So that's that's our goal, you know, and, and I don't know how unique we are in that, but to me it's just natural. Our goal is for our retailers to finish the whole thing, not just sell it to the retailer. Our job's not done just selling it to the retailer. Yes, that's the, the final monetary transaction between us, but it's not the final transaction. The final transaction is selling it to the consumer and someone that likes it, enjoys it, and and processes it, and then goes back and gets more. So this is what makes us very unique in our relationships with our, our retailers, is that we want to follow it through to the very end. You know, I like that. That's... And, and make sure it happens over and over again. 
so that's our business philosophy and you know I just hope that that our, our retailers appreciate that you know because we do, do try to do as much as we can to follow it all the way through I don't know if I've ever heard it put a better way that's <laughs> that's amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. again we pride ourselves on being forward thinking and seeing the whole process yeah you know again we're not just a producer we're a provider of entertainment you know and the entertaining experience of the products that we have and again following it through all the way to the very end and then repeat as necessary <laughs> you know so and hopefully i again we have a lot of very very happy and loyal customers in the retailers that we have and we do everything we can to foster those and bend over backwards to make them happy which in turn makes their customers happy which in turn makes their customers come back and get more so again it's the big picture thing that a lot of people lose you know and and, and i'm more about big picture than i am about the little tiny details and i just like to to make sure everything works well from top to bottom i mean looking from three years ago to now it seems like your outlook is definitely working it is. Like. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's going well. Like I say, everything we're doing, everything is going in the positive direction. Everything's going upwards, even amongst increased competition. You know, I mean, brotherhood competition, two things. I mean, we do all. We love all of our yeah. our brewing buddies in this industry and all that. You know, but again, it is increased competition because we compete for shelf space. You know. The liquor stores have pretty much taken away all the big brand shelf space they can. And it's become a point where there's only so much shelf space. And if your beer doesn't move through that outlet, they replace you with someone that does move. So it has gotten competitive in that way. So as it started to get away from the uh, rising tide floats all boats, and more into a more competitive mindset, or is it still more? No, the mindset is still very, very brotherhood. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, it's still very, very brotherhood. You know, all right. we all love each other and we That's appreciate good. each other and we promote each other as much as we can. Awesome. So, but it is, you can feel the, yeah. the pinch you can out feel there. Feel the pressure the, a little bit. It's building out there in the industry, <laughs> you know, and again, I mean, no one's going to say anything, you know, because everyone wants to keep that same brotherhood yeah. type thing but uh yeah i mean honestly it's happening it's happening there's just not enough shelf space out there i mean when i first started every liquor store we ever went to said yes we'll take a pallet it's like so long sorry we don't make that much we can't give you a pallet <laughs> i mean we make a pallet is our entire yeah. batch like, like a quarter of a pallet <laughs> how about how about five cases you know um so we can spread it around to more places and stuff and um and now it's it's become a, a very difficult thing to get a new placement in a liquor store so yeah yeah the industry is changing and evolving and that's just one of the things that we always have to be mindful of mm-hmm. you know so yeah we'll see how it all shakes out yeah. so uh earlier we were hearing a bunch of barking dogs so yeah. uh, you guys had some sort of dog event right we did today was our halloween <laughs> <laughs> yes a halloween so we had a dog costume contest okay as well as probably uh a dozen or so vendors here that that were local producers of dog collars leashes dog treats dog food uh lots of adoption 
uh, in rescue agencies and things like that had booths here and we had the parking lot roped off and we had people come out and um, they could bring their dog and have a nice uh, afternoon with their with their best friend. That was a lot of fun. With with both of their best best friends, one being their dog and the other one being the beer. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it was a great turnout and um, yeah, it was it's one of those fun things that we like to do. And again, I mean I personally, I mean we do a lot of these things because of personal, you know, uh, experience and things like that. I don't want to leave my dog at home. I want to go out and have a beer. But I don't want to leave my dog at home. I don't want yeah. to neglect my dog. So we made a day for people to come and bring their dog. You That's know, awesome. and they can do both. They can have their best friend beer and their best friend dog with them at the same time. <laughs> and we had some extremely creative costumes for the dogs at this event. It was hilarious. First prize was a woman who decorated her baby stroller to look like a pirate ship. The dog was dressed as a pirate sitting in the baby stroller and she was dressed as a pirate too. That was first place. Second place was a chocolate lab that was the chocolate with a marshmallow on its side and graham crackers on the other side. So a chocolate lab dressed like a s'more. That was hilarious. Third place was a dog that had a costume that looked like a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> that was just uh, weird. It was just yeah. abstract, ra- abstract, random, and fit our personality perfectly. Oh, that's, yeah, like, so, I never would have looked at a dog and like, like spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, it, it, she like had a, a meatball or something. A, a red and white checkered tablecloth over, so, over the dog, and then a, a whole bunch of yarn for spaghetti <laughs> and some puff balls for meatballs, and even a fork. And a spoon in there too. It's very high concept, lady in the tramp. (laughs) Absolutely, yes, yes, it was. I mean, it was great. I mean, and and of course, we had some dressed up like a uh, Triceratops, and one was a Velociraptor, and then we had uh, a Supergirl. We had a Straw Man. I mean, there was just so many great costumes. It was one that I thought was really awesome. Was one dressed as Mel Gibson from Braveheart. <laughs> that was funny. Even the blue paint on the face oh, really? and everything, it was hilarious. It was a uh, Australian Australian shepherd boxer mix. That's even better because yeah. it's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, it was great. I mean, again, this is why I love what we do is, is the fun like this and, and the clientele that has such a great imagination. You know, I mean, this is what it's all about. You know, it's all about imagination and being creative and doing something different and we saw a lot of that today it was just non-stop smiling and laughing <laughs> you know and that's what makes it worthwhile awesome. well uh, I guess we'll uh, I kind of cut you off earlier when you were talking about your uh, your spirits so we, we ended on you had the, the barrel-aged spiced rum that was a bourbon beer barrel-aged spiced rum yes yes that one and and we also have a, uh, this is a little local collaboration. I love lo- doing local collaborations with people that aren't in our industry, but are close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a friend of mine that makes hot sauce. 
He does a, a, lot, a whole line of great fermented hot sauces. Um, it's Tony Stoy from Isabel Street Heat in St. Paul. Okay. He makes some great sauces. So, I gave him a Dark Father barrel, and he fermented a sriracha in that Dark Father barrel. That sriracha, if you find it, is freaking awesome, by the way. It has got a great flavor and has a nice little bit of maltiness to it. It looks homey. Because of the, the barrel. Pumpkin there. Well, he fermented the sriracha in that barrel and he gave it back to me. I filled it full of rum. <laughs> so this is a sriracha rum. And it is great. It is perfect in a Bloody Mary. It's great in a mojito. Heat. You see the heat? Heat-o. Um, it's got a lot of great uses, but it's a very spicy rum that's not flavored, artificially flavored. It gets all of its flavor from the sriracha barrel that it was aged in. The sriracha barrel that was a dark father barrel that was a, a bourbon, bourbon barrel. barrel. Yes, exactly. Again, keep up. We're going to have a lineage of all of our barrels because our barrels have multiple uses, you know, because we can go back and forth from the distillery to the brewery to the distillery to the brewery, and we can have some really crazy flavor profiles with this stuff. And this is, again, one of the reasons behind doing a brew distillery and not just one or the other, is that we can use these things back and forth and really create a story behind all that stuff. And that's going to be really fun. So <clears throat> that is one of our, our great products, as well as a, uh, a spiced rum cream liqueur, which is awesome. Okay, bye. See you later. And... Um, the spiced rum cream liqueur is, is, a lot of the spices are based off of our barrel-aged spiced rum. Except we add a few things like allspice, nutmeg, cloves. It's like Christmas in your mouth. I mean, it is a really nice cream liqueur. And if you're listening out there and you want to pick up a bottle of this, also pick up a six-pack of root beer. You put root beer with a shot of this in it. It tastes just like a root beer float. You remember way back when when you had root beer floats and the the ice cream melted a little bit and the bottom of it was just ice cream and root beer together? This tastes like it tastes exactly like that. Winter Stormbringer and root beer. It's it is awesome. It is awesome. It also goes good with uh, cinnamon toast crunch. If you want to start your day the right way. Liqueur and crunch. Here we go. Exactly. This makes it brings cereal, you know, to, to the, the next to, level. to the next level to the the main meal. I mean, of the day. That, that sounds like a man who's speaking from personal experience. Yes. <laughs> of course, I've tried it. I mean, what the heck? I mean, I have to. It's all in. There's the, early days in the you know in the brewery. Exactly. But. Exactly. Days that I want to forget. <laughs> so start out forgetting right away. Um, um, the cream liqueur is 40 proof, so it's not super strong, but it does have that to it. It does its job. Then we have a coffee rum cream liqueur, another local collaboration with Up Coffee Roasters in Northeast. Great guys, love them, good friends of mine. We take their Black Lotus blend and soak the beans in the rum, soak the beans in the cream, mix it all together, and we have a coffee rum cream liqueur. And that one works very well with cold-pressed coffee, drizzled over ice cream. It goes particularly well with Honey Nut Cheerios. 
and it's an awesome, awesome accompaniment. Yes. I, I really like the cereal endorsements. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I should talk to General Mills. Right? Like, I now see know if we can do a collaboration. All of my breakfast cereal. Exactly. So what do you recommend with Captain Crunch? Captain, Captain Crunch <laughs> would probably be the winter. The, the winter, winter yes. The winter storm bringer would be great with Captain Crunch. Absolutely. Yeah, the peanut butter would really go really well with that. Yeah, I think so. But no, again, this is the fun that we have with the, the stuff that we make. I mean, we make it with these ideas in mind and, and knowing that, that we can have fun with these things. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have a grappa. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not going to say, what's grappa? Oh, we should, for the listeners, we should say, what's grappa? What's grappa? I, I get that more than anything. Okay. Whiskey, everyone knows what whiskey is. Grappa, not quite so popular. Well, grappa is made from the, the grape skins. After a winery presses the grapes to get the juice out to make wine, the skins are left over. And they usually take those skins and throw them out in the back 40 and compost them and spread them around. Well, why do that? There's sugar in there. There's sugar left in those skins. Sugar means it's fermentable. If it's fermentable, it means you can get ethyl alcohol out of it. If you can get ethyl alcohol out of it, you can drink it. (laughs) You can make an adult beverage out of any sugar on the planet. And this is the best thing about sugar. Everyone preaches the evils of sugar. No. You ferment it. <laughs> sugar, sugar is the base of every single adult beverage on the planet. Because sugar is the only thing that yeast eat. And yeast is the only thing that eats sugar to create ethyl alcohol and carbon dioxide. So, some genius Italian centuries ago saw the, the grape skins and realized that there was still sugar in there. And they said, well, wait a minute, why are we letting that go to waste? Let's rehydrate those skins, pull the rest of the sugar out, press them again, and then ferment that. They did that, it tasted like shit. So they distilled it. Again, this is the natural progression of, of all distilled spirits, is you ferment it, if it tastes bad, you distill it. If it still tastes bad, you put it in a barrel. <laughs> Yo, wait. Exactly. Still, it tastes good. That is the natural progression. <laughs> this is bourbon. I mean, have you ever tried, have you oh, ever drank terrible. fermented oh. corn? Oh. It's horrible. It's freaking horrible. Have you ever had bourbon before it's aged? It is freaking horrible. So that is the natural progression. If it's sugar, you ferment it. You try it. If it tastes like shit, you distill it. If it still tastes like shit, you put it in a barrel. If you take it out of the barrel and it still tastes like shit, put it back in the barrel. (laughs) Because there is no other way of helping it. It has to be back in that barrel. That is the cure. Eventually it'll taste good. Eventually it'll taste good. And again, this is what you have to do. So, this is what they did with grappa. They had the grape skins. They they fermented it. Uh, Not so good. Distilled it. Nice. Now it's it's sharp and it's a little bit hot, but it still has a nice grape flavor to it. This is it's sort of like a brandy, but it's with the skins as opposed to the wine. And we do have brandy aging as well. Are you guys one of the are you guys the only distiller making grappa in Minnesota? Nope. No, nope. really. There's okay. another one. Okay. Yep, yep. I don't know how, yeah, how theirs is. I haven't tried it. Okay. Yeah, Grappa's one of those spirits that you never see. Right. It's, it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we try to do things that are the most unique, but yeah, someone else is doing it. But uh, we, doing it better. we like ours. <laughs> we definitely like ours. Ours is 100% Minnesotan. Okay. Um, this is something that we're, we're proud of. The fact that these are Minnesota-grown grapes, the grapes varieties that we're using is the uh, Marquette 
the uh, uh, Le Crescent and the Frontenac Gris, which are all three developed at the University of Minnesota. Okay. These are grape strains developed to grow in this cold climate and to be able to survive the winters that we have and grown by the scientist that developed them at the University of Minnesota. Oh, wow. Spontaneously fermented with the yeast found in the vineyard and hydrated with the water that comes out of the ground here. You can't get any more Minnesota. <laughs> you that. cannot. <laughs> you cannot. So we love that fact, and it's a kind of a cool thing. It's called the St. Croix Grappa because um, we teamed up with St. Croix Vineyards mm-hmm. in Stillwater to, uh, to make this grappa. That's that's awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, that is that is the most Minnesotan thing I've like. Yeah. You got the grapes that and were developed here. You got the water from here. You got the yeast from, from here. here. Yeah. And then you distilled it here. Yep, like, exactly. And labeled here. And la- bottled here. <laughs> corked here. Yes, everything. And we wrote on it each label by hand here. You know, with the vintage and the proof and all that. It's ninety-two proof. You never know what's going to be, so we handwrite it on there when we when we're done with it. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things we'll do it every year. Each year we vintaged, nice because next year's may be different from last year's simply because different grapes and different amount of grapes and different sugar content of grapes and all that sort of stuff. So we we know that it's going to be different from year to year. But this is why you vintage wine. This is why you put the year on the, a bottle of wine, is because you know it's going to be different from year to year, unless you blend. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Vintaging and, and getting it from that actual year, and that's why you can say, oh, this, you know, 1959 Francois, you know, is so much better than the 1960 Francois. Well, like the, the, what is it, uh, Bond is always like the 63 Dom Perignon or Exactly, whatever, right? you know, it's the particular year. <laughs> it's that one year that is the best of all of them, yeah. you know, and again, we hope that this creates that same sort of thing is that this year was better than that year. It's different, just as good maybe, but different. Yeah, well, so this year you get these flavors, and this year you get these flavors. Exactly. And, yep. So are there weird, because uh, I know uh, with cider, uh, you can't vintage cider. Like, you can't put a vintage label on cider. So is there any kind of weird, like, vintage rules with uh, liquors or anything, or do you can just vintage whatever? Okay. Not that I know of. All right. Awesome. I don't know. If we're doing something wrong, no one's told us yet. Nobody. Hey, that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting a year okay. on liquor. I don't think. I, uh, I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. You, it's, it's one of those things you don't see very often. Like, you usually see the, uh, like, if you're looking at, like, uh, whiskeys or scotches or whatever, you see, like, this is an 18 or 12 or whatever, and that's always the oldest. Yeah, they put the, the year on there of the youngest. Oh, that, the they, that they okay, blend yep. with, if they okay. blend it. If, they, if it's a blended, then it's the youngest. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't know that there's any rules or laws around that. Okay. Um, just put uh, 2017 on the Scrappa, and uh, next year we'll put 2018 on it. All right. And we'll see how all that goes. Yeah. The laws haven't caught up with Grappa yet. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> it might be a while. Yeah. yeah. If we get in trouble, we get in trouble. Who cares? Right. Well, you know, they can't say anything about the beer or the liquors you already put out there. So. Right. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to plug before we wrap up here? 
I did mention that our next next whiskey is coming out on December 2nd. Yes. That is going to be another thing that will sell out the day we release it. So, so be here if early. you are interested at least 2 hours early be yeah. the first one in line. Yep. <laughs> if you are interested in getting a bottle, you should definitely be here early. Um, um, what, what's the base of this is this what's This what? is a uh, single malt. Okay. And it'll be bottled at at barrel strength. All right. So it's coming out at 120, um, and, and again, it will go quick. We'll have probably 400 or so bottles to sell here, and 400 or so will go out to distribution, so it'll be at liquor stores as well. Okay. But uh, the 400 here will sell out soon. What's, um, the, uh, what's the age on it? It's about three years. Three years old. Three years old. Um, also, coming up in two weeks, we have the release of Dark Father on October 28th. I know it gets us all into a lot of trouble. That beer, um, it's 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 too good and too easy to drink at twelve percent. Um, a bourbon barrel aged American Imperial Stout, which is third the third beer I ever made as a home brewer, I think. So that's when I first started developing this recipe. Um, so it's probably ten years in development. And it was one of the first beers that you guys. It's did. one of the first beers we put out yeah. too that we released. At that time, it wasn't a barrel-aged version, but now it is. So it has evolved over the years, which we like. Um, this year's version is different from last year's version, and again, this is what we do. All of our yearly yearly releases are a little bit different from the year before. We do tweak, we do change, we get different barrels. One year it was Jack Daniels barrels. One year it was uh, Woodford Reserve barrels. This year it's wild turkey barrels. So every year is gonna be a little bit different. We also tweaked it a little bit with a little bit more more vanilla in this year's batch. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of playing around with it and again, tweaking it every year to be a little bit different every year on purpose. So when people say, oh, it doesn't taste like last year's version. Yes. That's the point. You're right. <laughs> do you have people uh, do verticals at all? Yes, absolutely. You know, and the thing is, is it does evolve by itself as it's aging, as it's cellaring over the years. And it's a great cellaring beer. So if you do come and you want to buy a bottle, buy two. At least. Because one will sell her and one you can drink now and, yeah, maybe buy a case. I actually, <laughs> I actually I've got probably five or six friends who said they're going to buy a case and drink one every month. And that's it. They'll drink one every month for the next 12 months until it comes out again next year. Right. I thought that was funny. I was like, you, you're a freaking genius. Right? No, it actually great. makes sense. Yeah, yeah you, you know, can see how it evolves over it. Yeah, I mean, because we'll be out of it in a month here. Yeah. I mean, we'll have it on tap for a while, and we'll have the cases and all that, and we'll sell, and it'll be gone in a month, and then we'll all be missing it for 11 months. Well, except he's smart except those smart people that have a case <laughs> yeah. that can have one every month. And I'm like, wow, that actually makes sense. So, yeah, that's going on. And uh, Uber Lupin will be coming out, too, on Black Friday. That's the, the Schwartz IPA. Um, God, what else? Who knows? You guys doing another crawfish boil uh, coming up? Or? That'll be in uh, on Memorial Day weekend next year. All right. Yep, absolutely. God, our last one was huge. Was it? Oh, man, we had like 2,500 people here. Holy cow. It's the biggest day ever. That's a lot of crawfish. It was a lot of crawfish. <laughs> you know how much? It was 1,200 pounds of crawfish. 
1,200 pounds of crawfish? We did 1,200 pounds of crawfish. That's over half a ton. Yeah. That's a lot of crawfish. That's a shit ton of crawfish. <laughs> yep. And... Like, that's me, all the crawfish in Minnesota. It was. More than. More than. We had a huge tent out here. We had 100 tables. We had... I mean, we just had everything flowing very efficiently, and everything worked perfectly. The year before, though was horrible oh yeah we expected maybe 500 people a thousand people showed up we had no idea and what to do we ran out of crawfish we had a line from our patio to 200 yards away <laughs> to the road we had a line to the road and it was we we were completely overrun we had no idea what to do with that many people we did not expect that many people to come if 500 people came we would have been great we would have been fine a thousand people showed up we were just overrun and we executed it poorly because of that you know but you know you never know yeah but you live and you learn and well, you yeah, grow and the next year you do it a lot the next better. year we did it perfect we had six boil kettles going we had six stations where you can get crawfish there was never a line except for from 11:30 to noon right at the beginning before we opened yeah there was maybe 35 40 people in line people got their bids on and they were ready <laughs> but as soon as we opened they came through and then we never had a build up of people because we always had crawfish going we had the six kettles going and it was always dumping and always moving and so did you did perfect. you take a like an informal poll of who was sucking the heads and who wasn't i didn't i should have <laughs> i i always that, that's how I always encourage that's how you how you can tell the the true the true crawfish the true eaters. crawfish eaters from the rookies <laughs> you know is who actually sucks the head and who pinches the tail properly mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are trying to peel the whole thing apart and all that and it's <laughs> mutilating the entire tail and they're spending they're they're actually they're spending more time they're spending more calories and time yeah. <laughs> opening it to get to it than they are when they consume it you yep. know but um you know i did go around i spent a lot of time going around showing people how to eat you know crawfish? how to really do it I you mean, know so like many people really came to eat crawfish oh it was and i was like here let me show you again <laughs> you know and i would feel it and i was like oh let me show you one more time i'll pull them off of their plates of course because oh, i didn't i wouldn't walk around with crawfish in my yeah. hands so i'll take them off of their plate you know mm, yeah so this is how you do it is, is this right well now let me show you one more time there you go do it just like this what uh beer do you think went best with the crawfish the crawfish uh, absolutely was the uh to tell you the truth it wasn't one of our beers it was one of the cocktails that we were making that oh, yeah. went best with crawfish it was the minnesota hurricane oh yeah a, hur- minnesota hurricane? a hurricane made with our rum All right. it was great yes we used our barrel aged spiced rum plus some white rum of that wasn't barrel aged mm-hmm. and some fruit juices and it was great that went perfectly with the crawfish yes everyone you know associates the hurricane with new orleans not the 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 nature event yeah, no, yeah. The, the but the drink <laughs> the not the sad hurricane <clears throat> yeah not not katrina <laughs> But they do associate that too. But but yes, the, we made the Minnesota Hurricane because it was a Minnesota-made rum with uh, with all the fruit juices, and that went very well with the crawfish. Yeah, and if you were to drink a beer with the crawfish, uh, I, I, you always got to go to Nordic Blonde. 
Yeah. Nordic Blonde is just, it pairs well with almost everything. Well, it's a great, like, early summer beer. It is, yeah. And, it, and it's calm. It's not something that's going to exasperate the heat. Yes, mm-hmm. the crawfish that I made were kind of spicy. Well, I you mean, know, and you something... crawfish, it's a Narland's dish. You yeah. got to have a little bit of heat to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you use, if you drink an IPA with that, you're going to, you're going to intensify the heat that's already in your mouth. So doing, doing something like a Nordic Blonde is a lot easier to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you guys do a lot of varied events here. We've talked about, you know, you got bottle releases, you have bourbon releases, you have crawfish boils. Like, what's your, uh, you have dog Halloween dog parties. Events, what's yeah. your favorite event? It's got to be the crawfish boil. I mean, <laughs> it, it really is because I love cooking. I love it. I mean, Cajun cuisine is what I used to cook all the time, way back before this business started. My creative outlet was cooking. You know, I had a very high-tech job, and it was all very engineering-oriented, which is doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity. Uh, if you guys listen to our first interview, you'll find out that Bartley worked, uh, worked for NASA. Yep. In a previous life. Yep, propulsion test engineer. <laughs> so there's not a lot of room for creativity in the engineering world, you know, and, and that was one of the things that, that was uh, never satisfying to me. You know, I actually am, am one of those people that is very logical, scientific, and stepwise, scientific process oriented, but also very creative. You have to create something. So I'm very right brained and left brained, you know, and it's rare to find someone that's both. Most people are one or the other. You know, being both, it was very frustrating in my chosen profession to find an outlet for my creativity. So I cooked a lot. I cooked a lot at home. Not classically trained or nothing like that. I basically just had some cookbooks and I'd zhuzh it up with whatever the heck I wanted. I mean, shit, even when I was in college, living on beefaroni, my beefaroni wasn't everybody's beefaroni. I mean, I would actually saute onions and garlic and all this and butter and basil, oregano, thyme, and then then dump the can of of beefaroni in the pot <laughs> and then cook it up. Uh, don't call me crazy, but that's what I did with my beefaroni. It's like really good beefaroni. <laughs> it like. was. I mean, it actually took something that was just regular and made it something different. You know, and again, that's kind of the creativity of even just simple as that is what bred up to doing this now in in looking for ways to make things better you know and in being creative in having a a company where i can actually be scientific and use science use temperature control process control to change the flavor of what we're making to me is the ultimate you know and then that is so satisfying to be able to use both sides of my brain in doing what we're doing and that to me is the most satisfying thing in the world to do something that fulfills everything you need in uh, in a profession you know so I feel very lucky in uh, in finding this as as my profession I honestly think that's probably the best place to end this yeah. like wow uh, I also <laughs> We've been talking for an hour. I don't want to take any of any more of your time than we need to. Well, but uh, thank you again yeah. uh, for the interview. Uh, and I mean, we love your beer. Thanks, Casey. And yeah. 
we love your liquor. Your ghost gunner gin is always stocked nice. at our house. So. Good to hear. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you again. So. Yeah. Well, thank you guys again. I mean, again, being our, my first interview years and years ago, you know, and coming again full circle back now as we're, you know, on the, the upslope of our of our career and all that. I mean, it's great to see you guys again and, and chat about how things have changed it's, over it's the years. It's awesome to see how things have grown. Because I remember we walked into that door and there yes. was... Nothing, Nothing there. Yes. You, you had yeah. some barrels stacked up, and you had the brewing equipment. Yeah, uh, that yep. was it. Very scarce, very scarce, and now we're packed to the gills. We've got no room anymore. Oh yeah, no. There's been times I've been in here and. It's standing room only, yep. and yep. it's it's fantastic. We love that. And all you listeners out there, go uh, ask for your stuff. Ask for our stuff at your local liquor store in Wisconsin or here, or come by and see us, too. Or if you're in another state, ask for it anyway, and maybe they'll get there eventually. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, just ask for it. Ask just keep for asking. it. And, yeah. Because, I mean, that's how you get other places, right? That's the only way it. it happens is if someone comes into that store and asks for it. And that's when they say, oh, well, maybe it will sell. Right. We can go in there and talk to them till we're blue in the face and say it's the best thing ever. They're not going to listen. No, but if somebody if comes someone off the street. that's there, that there is their customer, comes in and says, do you have any of this? Now they think about it. They go, oh, well, maybe there is a demand. And then maybe they'll buy it. And if you're in this area and you're hanging for some crawfish, uh, keep an eye on their Facebook page. Absolutely. <laughs> Watch our Facebook page. It's Bent Bruce Dillery. Um, Twitter, Bent Bruce Diller. Instagram, Bent Bruce Dillery. And if not any of those things, sign up for our email list and we will send you everything that we have going on. We do a lot of events, a lot of parties. We always try and keep it interesting, you know, because we like to be entertained ourselves <laughs> so we throw a lot of parties do a lot of events and things like that just because we enjoy it a lot too and it and, it, and again it brings people in and it makes people happy and that's what this industry is all about is the experience and making people happy cool cheers Thank you.